皆様ご起立ください Konnichiwa, Olympics fans and lovers of Shuttlestown, and welcome to Keep the Flame Alive, the podcast for fans of the Olympics and Paralympics. I am your host, Jill Jarris, joined as always by my lovely co host, Allison Brown. Allison, Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. I have my sparkly unitard, so I am ready to go. <laughs> do you have your ribbon? Do you have your clubs? I, have, I do. I have my ribbon, my ball, and my hoop. <laughs> so I am ready. <laughs> oh, we will talk rhythmic gymnastics. A little bit later on. What a day. Who knew? Who knew? All right, we have a little follow up file for you. Connor Fields is home. He made it home. According to Instagram, he has no memory from the accident and uh, th- several days after the accident. So he's going to get healthy, rest up a bit, and appreciate the people around me. So that is, it sounds very scary. The picture he posted was of himself and his fiance and his two dogs. And he looks good. He looks better than he looked with the first picture he posted of himself in the airport. So I think being home is going to be the best medicine. Good. All right. Where is Marnie McBean today? Marnie was at karate. She was back in the recording closet and she went out to canoe sprint. Which is cool. I think uh, some Canadians did very well at canoe sprint today. So we're getting close to the end. Day 16. What officiating job or volunteer job would you like to do today? Well, I was back out at uh, uh, cycling mm-hmm. and watching the Madison again. And I definitely want to be the people who like help the rider get back onto the course. This is clearly a coaching job, <laughs> but there's the guy who pushes them like mm-hmm. get back out there. <laughs> Go back in the demolition derby. You can do it. <laughs> so my job would also be at the Madison. Uh, I did watch the women's race yesterday afternoon. I had it on. And fascinating. What I want to know is how they officiate that race, because it is pure chaos. You have to know which rider is riding the lap that's counting. You have to know who's not riding the lap and you you have to watch when they change out. So I'm sure it's very, very complex. And, and I think that would be a lot of fun to officiate and get right. Oh, man. How is our fantasy league doing? Well, Solistan is at nine fifty eight. He may wow. break the thousand dollar, the thousand point barrier here. Wow, that is impressive. Colibri jumped into second with four hundred three, and Piescola is at three eighty seven. Lots of movement on the brackets. Oh, Cholestan is at three hundred. You and Olympic fan Dan are tied at two thirty. And I have slipped to fourth at one ninety. Ooh, nice. Okay, now it's time to talk about what is up with Mike and Maya. Mike and Maya of the Toyota first date commercial where Mike asks Maya to the school dance and he does it from his hospital room, but is magically in the school hallway to do this act because of the wonder of the Toyota robot that's like a life-size digital screen and it can roll through the hallways and Mike can be at school with all his friends and ask Maya to the school dance. So we heard from listener Rosie. (laughs) <laughs> who has said what's really been bugging me about the commercial is why is Mike in the hospital in the first place? Because he has a broken leg. So why is he in the hospital for a day? And why does he, why would they keep him in the hospital? And then why does he get to use the robot? <laughs> what, what, uh, you know, would Toyota lend their fancy, uh, 
I just don't, I also don't think Toyota would be lending out their fancy robot for some kid who was just in the hospital for a day after a bad skateboarding fall. What's going on? Does he have chronic illness? Does he have something that makes his bones more brittle and keeps him in the hospital long term? And because of that, did Maya say yes out of pity? Now, I love this, but this instantly caused a lot of consternation in my household because contributor Ben thinks he does not like the skateboarding element that's been brought in because he was like, wait, 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 wait. I thought that Mike and Maya played soccer and they still play soccer. But <laughs> See, my concern with Mike's use of the screen was, was he going to get in trouble for misusing the screen to ask Maya out? Like he's only oh. supposed to use it for class oh. and he's wandering the hallways, hanging with his friends, hitting on girls. But you have to wander the hallways in between classes. That's part of the deal. I don't know. Ben, ben also thinks that Mike's father has the hookup for the robot because they all go to a, a fancy private school that definitely has the words country day in the name. And if you're on the East Coast, you know what we're talking about. But it, it's very, very, very good question. Is something going on that is deeper here? Because why is Mike in the hospital? And then I said, well, if he's in the hospital a lot, why does he just have a couple of anemic balloons in the corner? Shouldn't he have his room plastered with everything? And it looks like his bed is kind of newly made. It, it, it's almost like he just got put into the room for some reason. Maybe that's the privacy room so he can roll the hallways and focus. That's like the classroom room. But what bothers me is he's sitting on the edge of the bed and his broken leg is not elevated. <laughs> Should not he? Yeah. Shouldn't he be in bed? What is up with that? I don't know. This is more questions than answers are coming from this. We're almost to the end of the Olympics. And you know what? I on, literally only saw that commercial. I, I don't even know if I saw it yesterday and today. I saw it twice yesterday. Because it's really gone down on my feet. And that's a bummer. You know, I'm seeing a lot more of Maya's dad. I'm seeing the Chevy Silverado commercial a lot. <laughs> How's Walter doing? Is he enjoying collecting the firewood? I don't think so. I mean, her dad just wants a fire because the kids are coming over that night. And they're going to have a fire in the backyard and make s'mores. And use the back of the Chevy Silverado as a desk. Or a table. A table for the s'mores fixings. There you go. Okay. Anyway, if you have theories about Mike and Maya, thank you, Rosie. Your, your questions are very excellent. Before we get to today's action, we'd like to remind you about our Kickstarter campaign. If you've been listening for the last 15 days, you know that we've gotten accreditations for the Winter Olympics in Beijing. Very surprised. Very happy to get these. It's a very expensive trip, and that wasn't in our budget because we were not planning on going to Beijing. We just applied to kind of get into the mix for future gains because accreditations are a very competitive process. So we're going, but we need your help to get there. Uh, we're excited to bring you an on-the-ground presence for the, pod for the podcast to find out all the answers to all the burning questions that you have about why things are that way on that you're watching on TV. But uh, if you could, but in order to get there, we need your help. Find out more about our Kickstarter campaign and check out our supporter bonuses. We're sending postcards from the Olympics and also, and, and you could be a producer for a day and tell us what sports we're going to cover. So check it out at kickstarter.com slash profile slash flame alive pod. 
Thank you to so everyone who's already donated. We're up a little bit today, and it's looking real good for uh, the Olympics part of the Kickstarter campaign. So thank you so much for everyone who's given so far. Whoa, today's action, artistic swimming. What did you think? I was confused How with so? the scoring. Oh, okay. It felt like, you know, I talked about this yesterday with rhythmic gymnastics. It felt a little predetermined. Oh, it, yeah. You know, like there were certain synchronicity errors that I saw that didn't seem to be reflected in the scores and vice versa. Mm, okay. So uh, examples. Did, did Ukraine have a little bobble at the end? Ukraine had a bobble and Japan didn't have a bobble and then got kind of a crummy score. Interesting. I had pretty much all of it on because I wanted to know the themes for every, every, every performance. So we start because we start when I turned it on, it was already into the competition and it, Spain was in the water. And I said, what is that thing on their heads? <laughs> it, it turns out their theme was Darwin's theory of evolution. <laughs> and I said, and this is going to be good. So, yes, some of the swimmers would come out of the primordial soup and emerge and suddenly have legs as opposed to to being fish. That, did. Was, that was about as weird as it got. It started in extreme weirdness and sort of came back from there. Right. And uh, I, I will say, because I went back and I rewound because I, I, I did like the deck work on the evolution <laughs> because they did that whole tableau of man going from from the ground to learning how to stand upright and that i thought was pretty clever but again wacky wacky theme australia had avatar fire and water italy had the warriors the final fight egypt uh, had perseverance ukraine which they couldn't stop talking about the 12 pieces of music they put together for the routine uh, it was team of brave uh, Japan was some sort of uh, fest a spirit from a festival that was in uh, Tokushima. Canada was triumph, and then how the Canadians connected to for the Tuani. This was really, I, this is where it got bizarre for me on Canada. Sorry, Jackie. The theme was triumph. How the Canadians connected for the 2010 games, reaching for the stars and up for people's dreams. I didn't get that. I didn't get other that either. Th other than the first stance, like they talk about their deck work. They had that pose at the end where they were all sort of rising up and the girl at the end was reaching out. Mm -hmm. And yeah. they had the red, very Canadian red mm -hmm. swimsuits. Yeah. And uh, ROC did Parade of Planets, which when I saw their suits, I got really excited because the suits have planets on them. <laughs> they are something. And but... I didn't get much planetary action off of their routine, sadly. And then China was owed to the heroines. So, yeah, the really wacky came with Spain. And it, that was absolutely fantastic. But so the key seems to be the wackier the headgear, the wackier the theme. So always just look at the headgear. Mm -hmm. If you've got a shark on your head, <laughs> you have some primordial creature. <laughs> You know it's going to be interesting. <laughs> what I will say, what I did like about the whole competition was if you don't know much about artistic swimming, if well, if you don't know much about a sport in general that is a performance-based sport, 
it's really hard to watch Olympic competition and understand how good and how complex everything is. But in this one, you can go and look at like Spain and Australia, specifically Australia, because they are nowhere near as good as ROC. And you can really tell how, you know, the movements are slower. Maybe they're going to have some bobbles and synchronization. They can't do they don't have the ability to get as high out of the water on their throws that some of the other countries have. So I thought that was a really good thing about this. Well, an educational thing about this competition. Well, let's get to the the winners here. Gold went to ROC. China got the silver and Ukraine got the bronze. Canada and our Shuklastani Jackie Simino. Jackie, again, looked so happy out there and just projecting radiance. They finished sixth. They were, in the prelims, they were one-tenth of a point ahead of Italy, and this now they were one-tenth of a point behind Italy. They were not happy with their score. No, you could totally tell. And I did not understand why they got the score they did. And, and it, it was a sad thing, because they'd had such a good competition up to that point. Or, and Jackie had had a good competition up until that point. And they just, not a lot of people looked happy with their scores. Right. That's what my confusion was because they, a score would come up and I'm like, I thought they were better. Not that I'm so educated on uh, artistic swimming, mm-hmm. but it just, it, it felt a little off. I mean, clearly ROC won. I mean, that was beyond a doubt. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the, the rest of the top five, eh, I could have swapped a lot of people around. Interesting. All right. Spain needs to evolve more, apparently. <laughs> uh, moving on to athletics. Oh, oh, what a day at the track. And who, else, who got embargoed? This girl did. Oh, again? I got embargoed this morning because I was watching the end of the men's handball uh, game. And I had it on pause and I went back because I saw results. And I'm like, what happened here? And right in the middle of the competition I was watching, I did not catch up in time. See, that's ridiculous. If you have it on, mm-hmm. I mean, it's one thing to embargo, you can't start it. But if you're watching it, seriously? I think it's just one switch you can flip. I don't think it's selective switches. Heck, we can have Mike rolling down the hallways of the middle school. I, I think we can figure out how to semi-embargo. Well, the embargo is stupid to begin with, so. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, women's marathon started off the morning. Did you watch any of this? I did watch it. Okay, good. I watched it too. Man, those poor women. I mean, if we thought the race walkers were struggling. Oh, yes. It is even hotter. Yes. On this day. And and more humid. And I believe they moved the time up again. They did. With like almost no notice. Yes. So the day before they said, oh, guess what, ladies? You're going to start an hour earlier. With maybe... I want to say 12 hours notice to them, maybe 18, but that's ridiculous. Yeah, which is not cool when they're trying to figure out. I'm sure everyone is on a fueling schedule and a sleeping schedule. And when they have to get up, Evan Dunphy was saying on Twitter, just because he was obviously upset about this. um, Also, you have to think about the volunteers. How do you get everybody in place and stage everything you need to do when you give everyone almost no notice? It just was crazy. I... I didn't look at what the temperature was in in uh, Tokyo, but I do wonder if they had that road, the heat reflecting road. I wonder if it would have been cooler. 
one of the things they talked about during the marathon was very few spots had shade Mm. on the course. So there was this one area toward the end, I want to say maybe two kilometers out, two miles out or something, somewhere in that range where they were going through a park. So there was a lot of shade and you could almost see the women physically react to the shade. Like everybody just took a breath as they went under the trees and there was probably a little part of their brain that said, can I just stay here? <laughs> can I just stand in the shade? I, I, If I slow down, will this be a problem so I can stay in the shade longer? But yeah, so I feel like our Mara novella has come to a ridiculous climax mm-hmm. that it was ultimately a disaster, which makes me say, oh, God, what's going to happen in the men's marathon? Is anyone going to die? And I don't say that flippantly. I say that quite seriously. Like, this is not good. No, it, it really isn't. And it's disturbing their stunt to move this up to Sapporo. Did not work, I don't think. I don't think it was any better than what you could have had in Tokyo. It might have even been worse, depending on the Tokyo Marathon route, because the who knows how shady the route in Tokyo would have been. I mean, they thought about this stuff, except for when you suddenly move a an event up to, to a totally different city who's not expecting it, there's only so much they can do. So... I don't know. I mean, every water stop, every they had a lot of water stations and feed stations. And there was a lot of running with ice in your uniform, dumping water all over yourself. It was it was really rough. And they had uh, 15 of the 88 runners did not finish. And overall, this was the second slowest women's Olympic marathon. Not surprising, but hopefully everyone is okay. In the did not finish category. So gold went to Kenya's Perez Jeptachir. Silver went to Bridget Kosegi from Kenya. And bronze went to the USA's Molly Seidel. Okay, so those three were running together for a long time. The pack, I was wondering when the pack was going to start separating. And it took a long time for this lead pack to just start dropping runners. It was probably about eight strong for many kilometers. And then people started dropping off and the announcers on the feed were not impressed with Molly Seidel, I guess is the way to put it. Because they kept talking. This is only her third marathon, I believe. And obviously she doesn't have a whole lot of marathon experience, but she figured out how to do it. And then eventually uh, Jeptachir pulled out a head and Kosegi and Seidel ran together for a while, and then uh, those two separated as well. So it was a pretty clear finish once we got to the end. But it was impressive for Molly. She was funny. She's, did you see her at the end when she told her family, please, I'm so tired, I'm so tired, please drink a beer for me? I did see that. She's from Wisconsin, and they kept showing her family. And clearly her family was sort of thrilled But I think the way they reacted, it was almost like, oh, this is as good as she's going to do. Like, (laughs) they didn't expect her to actually meddle in a way Mm -hmm. because it would be like mile 10 and they're screaming like crazy. Like, (laughs) we may never get back on the TV again. (laughs) And I don't want to say like they didn't believe in her. They absolutely believed in her. But her results in, in previous races did not show this. Right. So, yeah, she was so exciting and and 
unexpected, which was wonderful. Then we moved into the stadium in the evening for uh, many uh, last day of track and field. Kind of snuck up on us. I know, I really did. But first things were the race walk ceremony. So what did they do? They they shuttle the race walkers from Sapporo down to Tokyo. Don't know how to do that. Like, I'm going to assume they flew. Because how else are you going to get there that quickly? I can't imagine flying so quickly after such a long race. But... And then all the COVID issues of transporting all these people from one city to another. Right, right. Ugh. This was just not good. Right. But Evan was so thrilled. It was he so was. much fun. It was so nice to see him on the podium. Apparently, he uh, said something to the effect of he was thinking a lot about his fourth place finish in Rio mm. as he was finishing up the race. And as he said in our interview, he talks to his legs like they're not oh, a part yeah. of his body. And he was saying, legs keep going, legs keep going. And he said he felt all the people cheering from for him from home. So he knew. He knew we were pulling for him. Huh. Uh, apparently he got to tell an IOC executive board member and a uh, an IOC slash World Athletics board member that they're making a terrible mistake by removing this event from the program. So... It was not, you know, he felt satisfied that he got that opportunity to make that connection because I'm sure it's very hard because you can argue, uh, you know, shout all you want from whatever social media, but not getting access to the right people. You can't make a difference. And we know Evan won't hold back. Yeah, exactly. For competition, we had the uh, women's 10,000 meters and uh, Sifan Hassan from Netherlands won gold. She That was her third medal of the Games, second gold. She was apparently very tired, but looked very strong in this race. Bra- uh, silver went to Bahrain's Kalkadan Gezahegni, and then bronze went to Ethiopia's Latesabet Gidi. In the men's 1500, gold went to Norway's Jakob Ingebrigtsen, which... You know, I don't know my European athletics as much. So, uh, Claire, you may have to uh, give us a little schooling on that. Because Norway seemed to come out of the blue for me. But I have to agree. But maybe maybe they've been making inroads, at least in the European scene. And we haven't had that whole, you know, a year off of competition. We haven't seen all the all the talent that's been rising up. Silver went to Kenya's Timothy Chariot, and bronze went to Great Britain's Josh Kerr. In the men's javelin throw, oh, oh, this is where I got embargoed, because I saw, I did see the throw that won it, but I didn't see the end when he knew he won the competition. Niraj Chopra from India wins gold. It's amazing. India's got its second individual gold medalist to go along with Abhinav Bindra. It's the first ever Indian in over 120 years and the first athlete from independent India to win an Olympic medal in athletics. And the only other medals that India won in athletics were in 1900 to a British Indian named Norman Pitt Pritchard, who won two silvers. The IOC credits that to India, but other research credits that to Great Britain. And that was from those facts are from the Hindustan Times. But this was so exciting. And the, on the feed, the commentator was like, because when uh, Niraj would throw, he'd throw and 
kind of turn his back. And I guess you have to, you might have to wait before you walk away from the cop. I don't know those, you know how we were talking with uh, shot and hammer. There's certain rules about where you can walk into the circle and how you walk out of the circle. And I think the commentator was worried that he was showing his back too early and could have gotten red flagged, but he didn't get red flagged, which was good. And just, uh, so exciting. What I mean, India's got to be celebrating like crazy. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, bron- uh, silver went to uh, Czech Republic's Jakub Vedlich, and bronze went to Czech Republic's uh, Vítězslav Veseli. In the women's high jump, gold went to ROC's Maria Latsiskene, silver went to Australia's Nicola McDermott, bronze went to Ukraine's Yaroslava Mahuchik. In the women's 4x400 relay, Gold went to USA, silver went to Poland, and bronze went to Jamaica. And Allison Felix was part of this relay for the U.S., and now she is the most decorated Olympian in athletics with 11 medals. So excellent job for her Olympic career. This is, she said this is her final games, so she gets to, it's a nice way to leave. And then in the men's 400 relay, gold went to U.S., silver went to Netherlands, and bronze went to Botswana. I'm looking forward. I know I'm looking forward to seeing all of these races that I could not see. So frustrated with the embargo. In baseball action, uh, we had the medal games and uh, Dominican Republic defeated Korea 10 to 6 to win the bronze. Uh, Japan defeated USA 2 to 0 to win the gold. So U.S. takes a silver. Although, you know, this is double elimination. Don't we have another gold medal game, bronze medal game to play? I was just going to say, are we sure these are the medal finals? <laughs> Because every time we think somebody's defeated, they just come back. It's like a phoenix. <laughs> no, but it, that, that's the standing. So gold to Japan, silver to the U.S., bronze to the Dominican Republic. This is Japan's first gold medal in baseball. They've always gotten silver or bronze, but this time they finally pulled it out in the host nation. Everyone's so excited. This was a pitcher's duel game. And um, Munitaka Murakami got a solo home run in the middle of the game. And then the team added another run in the eighth on a wild throw from the, from center field to home plate. And then they managed to hold off the U.S. for another inning and take it all. So good for them. But now Eddie Alvarez has a medal in both the Summer and Winter Olympics yes. from the U.S. team. And I think he's the first American to do this in like... 80 years or Mm -hmm. some ridiculous length of time. So that's exciting. I love those dual athletes. Exactly. That is very exciting. In basketball, the men wrapped up their tournament. Gold went to U.S., who beat France 87 to 82. I heard that the score looks close, but I heard it was a pretty comfortable win for uh, USA. And then Australia defeated Slovenia 107-93 to get the bronze. And then the women had their bronze medal game. Uh, France defeated Serbia, 91-76. In beach volleyball, the men's tournament wrapped up. Gold went to Norway's Mall, Anders Mall and Christian Sorum, who beat ROC's Vacheslav Krasnikov and Oleg Stoyanovsky uh, 2-0, but it was pretty close. All those, the games were pretty close. Bronze went to Qatar's Sharif Yanus and Ahmed Tijan, who defeated Latvia's Plavins and Talks 2-0. So again with Norway. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. What is happening in Norway? I I don't know. They're eating right. Is Norway the one with the pickled shark? Oh, no, that's Iceland. Yeah, yeah. 
In boxing, the uh, we had medal rounds for the men's flyweight. Gold went to Great Britain's uh, Galai Yafai. Silver went to Philippines' Carlo Palam. And bronzes went to Kazakhstan's Sakin Bibosanov and Japan's Tanaka Ryome. In the women's flyweight, gold went to Bulgaria's Stoika Krastova. Silver went to Turkey's Buza Kakiroglu. And uh, bronzes went to Japan's Namiki Tsukumi and Taipei's Kwang Sao-wen. In the men's middleweight, gold went to Brazil's Hebert Sousa, silver went to Ukraine's Alexander uh, Kiznyak, and bronzes went to ROC's Gleb Bakshi and Philippines' Yumir Martial. In the women's welterweight, gold went to Turkey's Buzanaz Sermonelli, China won the silver, Gu Hong. Bronze went to India's uh, Lavlina Borgohan and USA's O'Shea Jones. So, nice way to wrap up the boxing tournament. I never really got back into the boxing tournament after Ginny got knocked out. Well, the good news is we haven't heard much from the boxing tournament in terms of bad judging or controversies. So, that was a pleasant surprise. Yes. This is the tournament, the, usually the International Federation is responsible for running, running the tournament, and the IOC said that the Boxing International Federation was not allowed to run this one. The organizing committee had to run it, and, well, Japan does a good job at organizing things. So hopefully that is a sign that's good for boxing. I don't know how AIBA is doing in terms of riding itself and, and fixing the the problems within their system to be able to do take it back over for Paris but we'll see what the we'll see what happens with that I think also not having fans there meant there was fewer eyes on this action because with so if everybody's watching you know everybody's watching the sports on the feed so you get to pick and choose what you want to watch and there for me just a lot of sports fell by the wayside Oh, so you're thinking there were problems, we just don't know about them yet? Maybe. Or we haven't read it, because we've also been watching a lot of action and not consuming a lot of news. And also, I I know you've watched primetime a lot more than I have, and there's just not been as much recap as I would think. And I understand, like, the Olympic Channel has a whole news segment, and there's other shows on the feed that are recaps, but... If I have the choice between watching a sport or watching uh, somebody's sh- packaged show or watching Kevin Hart and Snoop Dogg make jokes, uh, I'm going to watch the sports. Uh, over in Canoe Sprint, we had uh, more medal round action. The women's canoe doubles 500 meters. Gold went to China. Silver went to Ukraine. And bronze went to Canada. So Marnie McBean got to beat her drum. In the men's canoe single 1,000 meters, uh, gold went to Brazil's uh, Iscalas, Kieros dos Santos, China's Liu Hao won the silver, and Moldova's uh, Sergei Tarnovich won the bronze. I did see a little bit of this race, and it was interesting to watch because I'm still kind of amazed isn't the word, but the way they have to paddle these canoes it is not the canoeing that I do when I rent a canoe and paddle down the river, you know, and have a nice afternoon. This is, you know, they're kneeling, which has to hurt. And I, we've talked with, a, with Andres, who does a canoe, but just the kneeling and the stretching of those muscles in your legs, just how you build that up, I don't understand. 
and have the course natural position. Yeah, it just seems unnatural. But it was interesting to watch the Brazilian and the Chinese basically were neck and neck. And you just saw how the paddling, the strength of the paddle took one uh, a little faster than a little ahead. And then the other got a little ahead. And it was just unbelievable. So the the rate of paddling, I it's just one of those, like, if you know what's, if you see your competitor right next to you and you're neck and neck, how do you make your body paddle faster or paddle harder to get that victory? But uh, he was thrilled when he got out with a lot of tears. Uh, in the women's kayak fours, Hungary took the gold, Belarus took silver, and Poland took bronze. And in the men's kayak four, Germany took gold, Spain took silver, and Slovakia took bronze. Uh, moving over to track cycling, we're still doing sprint for the women. We're doing men's Kirin, and then men had their Madison run. So I, this is on my afternoon viewing for today. For so the- much fun. You must. You must watch Madison. If you watch nothing else of track cycling... You've got to watch these Madison races. It's it's insanity, and I love it. Um, did you see this one? I did. And and well, besides insanity, how was it? There were crashes. There were people slingshotting. I didn't know what the heck was going on. The announcers do a a pretty good job trying to explain the chaos and and what is happening, but it's all happening so incredibly quickly mm-hmm. that it's hard for them to keep up. Right. But then you hear the bell and the, the, oh, there's a sprint and here's how many points. So the announcer actually did a, a good job, but I didn't care. I didn't want to hear what he had to say. I just wanted to watch people slingshotting one another <laughs> and avoiding other racers who were, like you were saying before, who were not being counted for that round. It's great. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Denmark took the gold. Silver went to Great Britain and France took the bronze. Over in the aquatic center was the men's 10-meter platform competition. Did you watch this? I did watch this this morning. That was my first thing that I, I tuned into. It's a good competition. Really beautiful diving. Okay, because I saw some of the semifinals, but I didn't. I haven't had a chance to watch the finals yet. So tell me about it. So the Chinese, again, were just gorgeous. And the early rounds actually are better than the middle rounds Mm. like everyone had a little bit of a dip okay but so tom daly was beautiful again just one gorgeous dive after the other but the chinese level of difficulty is insane they were getting single dives valued over 100 points what i thought they topped out wait i thought they topped out points at 10 points yes but when you have a degree of difficulty at 4.1. Are they just making up all of these dives now? Dives that used to be done in tuck are now being done in pike. They're adding an additional twist. They're adding, they're sort of doing the Simone Biles in in the diving. So that, but the difference is that they turn around and get, you know, eights and nines on their execution Mm. for these 3.8, 3.9, 4.1 dives. Wow. But we did complain yesterday about the women divers. Mm -hmm. And I was surprised there were two teenagers. Uh, Alexei Seraden from Ukraine was 15 and uh, Tamai Rokukto from Japan was 14. I saw him dive. 
in the in the prelims or in the semis. And I was surprised that there were teenagers in this middle teens and pre you know just early teenagers in this competition because on the men's side diving takes so much strength i would i'm surprised that that strength has developed so much to get to this level right i mean the boys did look like older teenagers like the 14 year old to me didn't look 14 okay in his body he looked 16 or 17 okay so there was that but yeah usually in men's diving it's in their 20s. Mm-hmm. So this was unusual. What was interesting was the coaches of the Ukrainian diver were thrilled with everything he did. It seemed like it was a, a surprise that he made it into the finals and that oh. he did as well as he did. So it was like, we kind of were planning on Paris. Oh, but here we are. Nice. So that was fun. But if you do watch this, Cassiel Rousseau from Australia it's like Tarzan is diving. <laughs> Did you wish just a jungle vine would drop down? From the I raptor? do. Instead of going off the platform that he would just swing across <laughs> and then do the flip from there. <laughs> now that I've said that, you will not be able to unsee it. Because <laughs> once I had that in my head, every time he got up there, I was like, oh. <laughs> All right. So what was the podium like? A gold went to China's Cao Yuan, silver to Yang Jiang from China, and Tom Daly from Great Britain brought home the bronze. Very nice. In equestrian, we had the team jumping final. Gold went to Sweden, silver went to the USA, and bronze went to Belgium. So Sweden and the U.S. were tied after the final, and they had to go to a jump off, and and they matched on points. But Sweden was like two seconds faster. So they took home the gold. Team USA, and this is Jessica, uh, Jessica Springsteen's event, uh, won silver and Belgium won bronze. I tried, to wa- I tried to pull this up and didn't have time to watch it. So this is on my list to watch again. You know who really won the gold medal at the equestrian event? Who? The sumo wrestler. <laughs> They did take, as you meant, I think you mentioned yesterday that they did take the sumo wrestler off the course, but now I wonder where they put him. Right. <laughs> like, is he is out front in front of the venue? Where, where is that sumo wrestler? Talk about things that are going to go up for auction. They should put that up for auction right now. Maybe <laughs> Tokyo could get back some of the money they lost on these games. In football, we had the men's gold medal match. Brazil beat Spain 2-1 to one in extra time, which had to be a thrilling match to watch. And that means the podium rounds out with uh, Brazil winning gold, Spain got the silver, and Mexico took the bronze. In golf, the women finished up their tournament. They were able to get in round four. USA's Nelly Korda won gold. In Japan's Mone Inami won silver. Uh, New Zealand's Lydia Ko won bronze. And silver and bronze, I believe, were decided in a uh, playoff, which only lasted one hole. So that was interesting for golf fans. In handball, the men wrapped up their tournament. The bronze medal match happened first. It was Spain versus Egypt, and Spain eked it out 33-31. to 31. Then the gold medal match, oh, I watched the last half of this, and it was 
surprising because when I tuned in, Denmark was down. It was France and Denmark, and Denmark was down six or seven points. And I thought, ooh, this is not supposed to be happening because Denmark's the heavy favorite. And they crawled their way back. But with about a minute left, it was France 24, Denmark 23. Denmark got the ball, so they're trying to eat down the clock. They have an empty goal, so they have a an extra player on the field. And tried to shoot. The, France got the ball back. They They stole it. And put the extra goal or, you know, stored, scored an easy goal right at the end of play. And it was 25, 23. It was something. Cause I really thought Denmark was going to make the goal with like 15 seconds left and it would go into overtime, but no, it just didn't work out for them. So France, uh, Denmark fails to go back to back for gold medals, but we have the first Faroese medalist who played on Denmark's team. So someone from the Faroe islands. And the Faroe Islands have for years been trying to establish their own Olympic team. Yes. And not and they no. have Go ahead. It's always been rejected and said, No, you're part of Denmark. So that's nice to see. I wonder I wonder if they'll do a whole celebration on the Faroe Islands. That's a good question. Player. That would be nice. Mm-hmm. In karate, we had the women's Kumite sixty one kilo uh, competition finish up. Gold went to Egypt's Faral Abdelaziz. Silver went to Azerbaijan's Irina Zaretska. And bronzes went to Kazakhstan's Sofia Berlutseva and China's Gong Li. In men's uh, plus 75 kilos, gold went to Iran's Sahad Ganjadeh. Silver went to Saudi Arabia's Tarek Hamidi. And bronzes went to Turkey's Ugar Aktas and Japan's Arga Ryotaro. I did not get to watch much of this. Did you end up watching any karate? I watched a little, but it was all uh, kumite. I didn't get to the kata yet. Oh, let me know. I, won't, I really want to hear what you think of kata. Okay. So try to watch some today if you can. In men's modern pentathlon, uh, Joseph Chung from Great Britain won gold. So Great Britain won gold in both the men's and the women's. Uh, silver went to Ahmed uh, Elegendi from Egypt and Korea's Jung Woon Tae won bronze. The the modern pentathlon federation is apparently taking a lot of heat, especially from Germany, because their favorite, uh, their potential medalist, Annika Schloy, was just had a horrible equestrian run yesterday. So they are the federation's taking a lot of heat for the horse uh, jumping portion of the race about animal welfare and fair competition conditions, which, as you said yesterday, it's not fair that horses have to go twice and athletes go once. Right, because we talked about this yesterday. It was insanely hot. We've been talking about this all along. We were talking about it in the eventing where they were dumping ice on the horses and they would, you know, the the riders were wearing ice vests. And then you turn around and make the horses go twice. So the second time they're tired, they're cranky and it's hotter. Mm -hmm. So how is that fair? And how is that safe for the horse or safe for the rider? Because if that horse just decides, no, I mean, we've seen Samantha get thrown more than once under ideal conditions. Right. And this is a horse, they, they get about 30 minutes to get to know their horse. 
before they take them in the ring and try to get them to jump. The point is, this is part of the whole story of modern pentathlon, where if you're a messenger and you need to take a strange horse to deliver a message during wartime. Somehow, a- I think the story is better. It, it, we're starting to get the story is, is a nice idea. And this competition is a nice idea. But the execution of it, especially in places where it is very hot and, you know, we're getting warmer. Is this a great idea for people to take horses they don't know in conditions that are harsh and try to compete? You know, Pierre Cooper, de Coubertin was not concerned about animal welfare when he came <laughs> up with this idea. And it is not fair to the horses to throw it into a jumping ring with a strange rider. That is extraordinarily stressful to the horse. Mm-hmm. Horses are more likely to be injured. And how is, I love the story, but it is a, we can keep modern pentathlon. And just like you have fencing ranking rounds, why can't you have training time with the horse you're going to compete with? Right. I mean, it doesn't have to be your personal horse mm-hmm. like an equestrian. You can have a stable, but they should have at least a few training rounds for the stress level of the horses, for the safety of the riders and the welfare of the horses. It's it's not where our thinking is now on animal welfare. Well, and maybe we should just evolve this competition because they evolved the gun to be a laser gun. Why can't we start riding bicycles? Take the horse element out because a horse element is very difficult, A, to train, I mean, and B, to put on in competition because whoever hosts something has to go and get X number of horses that people who are going to be okay with having strangers ride on them and jump over jumps. And these jumps are not the same jumps that you see in the equestrian show jumping competition. They're a lot lower, but they're still pretty difficult jumps. So I don't know. I think that I think they need to evolve. They're they're trying very hard to evolve the sport to fit with what the the IOC wants to see, which is more modern, more uh, and faster competition. So this was the first time that the modern pentathlon was contained in a single stadium. They used to go to a pool to do the swimming portion and the fencing portion might have been someplace else. And and I think even the the ranking rounds that was in an arena, but that's a different day. The the big day is the five events all at once, and they man managed to be able to do it in one stadium in one place to make it more audience friendly. For Paris, they're going to do a shorter kind of elimination version of this at the Youth Olympic Games in Dakar, if they ever have them, because those got postponed because of the pandemic, and I think they won't have them until 2026. They're doing a a tetrathlon, I believe, which is four of the five elements. They're not doing the horse. Right. We've spoken to two equestrians and both went on and on and on about the relationship with the horse Mm -hmm. and how crucial that was. So, yeah, I would have to agree with you that just like we have evolved the sport, it needs to go in a different direction if it's going to survive. Mm-hmm. And if you did something like bicycles, athletes could compete with their own. And you could just have them ride around the stadium, you know. It doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be fancy. Maybe they go over ramps and things like that. You could do something. But I, I Skateboards! Just... <laughs> 
just think that the, you know, the whole story of delivering a message, it shouldn't, we're, we're in the 21st century. We shouldn't need horses to deliver messages anymore. We're swords. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's back-to-back problematic sports here. Rhythmic gymnastics. <laughs> well, a shock in the rhythmic gymnastics competition. Who knew? Who knew? They must have heard you. I know. So yesterday I was complaining how it's like old school ice dancing where the the podium is predetermined. And lo and behold, Israel, Lenoy Ashram pulls out the gold. Shocking. Dina Avarina gets the silver. Alina Harnasco gets the bronze, which means that Alina Avarina is not on the podium. Which was very shocking. And we have to mention that uh, Dina Avarina and uh, Alina Avarina are from ROC and Alina Harnasco is from Belarus. So I know you complain about the costumes. I had some complaints. I take back everything I said yesterday. (laughs) But here's the thing. Rhythmic gymnastics, unfortunately, is... (sighs) You know, like we were talking about the predetermined scoring, which shouldn't happen this time. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So much about this sport is ridiculous. So I was admiring the costumes as couture elements rather than, you know, because I do complain about the artistic gymnasts and too many crystals. And then I was defending these. But I think I was defending these because I don't take the sport seriously to begin with. Oh, okay. Because, man, some of these costumes, you have to admit, there was 3D elements there was raised uh, cherry blossoms. There was a woman who was dressed like a butterfly. You know, I turned on my TV and this was on. Uh, this was on. So it was on a regular station and Nastia Lukin was one of the commentators. And I lasted maybe one performance and I said, I, can't, I just cannot do this. Not this morning. I have, I have artistic swimming to go find. <laughs> There's only so many crystals and outrageousness you can handle them. Right, right. And, and I needed to find Evan Dunphy's. I, it was a battle of artistic swimming versus Evan Dunphy's podium. And I wanted to see Evan get the podium. Uh, get, I wanted to see Evan get this medal. But I did see a little bit of the ribbon competition. And Dina Everino was competing and she got a knot in the end of her ribbon which I could not see where the knot was, but Nastia Lukin commentating was like, oh, she's got a knot because she had to go to the backup ribbon on the side of the uh, mat where if something happens with your apparatus, you've got a backup to use. And of course, that is big deduction. I don't know. Huge deduction. It is. It's It's a significant deduction because the idea is that, for example, if you drop the ball and it rolls away and it's halfway across the stadium, you're not running after it. You just go grab the one that's on the side. (laughs) And I have seen that happen where the hoop just goes rolling down the street and you don't want to run out in front of the trucks. You just grab the hoop that's next to you. (laughs) Well, you could tell. The other thing I had the question on was what is up with the score challenges? Because it seemed like you're allowed to challenge a score and it seemed like everyone was doing it because Nastia basically said there was like, oh, we're having another score challenge. This competition has gone on really long. And I looked at the schedule and it looks like it went on an hour beyond what it was scheduled for 
because of all of these score challenge. What is this? So this is this is allowed in artistic gymnastics and trampoline as well. The score is made up of two elements, difficulty and execution. And just like in artistic gym, gymnastics, each move has a value. So each thing the rhythmic gymnast does has a value. You get bonus if it's connected with other things. Okay. So you can't challenge the execution score. You can challenge a deduction for, say, stepping out of bounds or dropping the ribbon. Say, no, I didn't drop the ribbon. You can also challenge your difficulty score to say, for example, I did that kick into a spin, but you didn't give me the connection bonus. You just gave me the value of the kick and the spin. Mm. And that's the big thing that happens in artistic gymnastics. Because, for example, if you wait a beat between moves, you don't get the connection bonus. So what they were challenging was the difficulty scores because they weren't getting the difficulty scores that they had worked out on paper that they thought their routine was worth. Okay. But so if, say if you only did three turns in a pirouette instead of four turns, you would get less difficulty. But no, I did four turns, so I should get that bonus. So it seemed like they were challenging an awful lot comparatively. Because we, we did see challenges in artistic gymnastics, but not that many. Well, that's because moves have names and moves have very specific points. So if you do a double tuck, here's your points. Mm -hmm. Rhythmic doesn't have these specific named, I mean, they have a few, but most of the moves is choreography. It's made up stuff. And so how much is it worth is more subjective. They were really scraping for, they're, they're really scraping for legitimacy in a way, in a way. I mean, because if you have to argue with every score, because my dance move didn't work. What I mean, I'm looking forward to breaking in 2024. Well, the other thing to keep in mind is that the Avarinas, both of them, expected to win. They expected to be gold and silver. Mm -hmm. And they were not getting the scores that they expected and not the scores that they have gotten in the past. Were, so they, getting the, of, were they getting the scores they earned? I don't know enough about the scoring in terms of mm. how they rank it. But from what the commentators were saying, they were not complaining and saying, oh, I don't know where that score came from. Mm. Or, oh, they were saying, okay, that makes sense. But it seems like the Avarinas were not going to go down without an absolute crazy fight. But on a happier note, the Israeli gymnast did her ribbon routine to Jave Nagila. Um. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Congratulations to her. Obviously, she is thrilled because the Everinas have had a lock on rhythmic gymnastics for a long time now. Oh, yeah. So we can go back to, you know, unified team days and Russia and ROC. They have just dominated this event for decades. So this is this is huge. And first gold medal for an Israeli woman. <gasps> Congratulations. That's nice. I'm I'm going to check out the... The news over there and see what the reaction is. I'm sure they they're are. a little excited. <laughs> She's on the cover of, you know, the if you pull up, you know, the Jerusalem Post, there's her face. Nice. Nice. Good. Good. That's so nice. In volleyball, the men wrapped up their tournament. 
in the bronze medal match, Argentina defeated Brazil 3-2. Oh, this looked like it was tough. I didn't see it, but on paper, the points are, you know, they went full five sets. Everything was pretty close. If you totaled up the points across the five sets, it was Argentina 105 to Brazil 103. Oh, wow. It was tough. And then the gold medal match, France beat ROC 3-2. to two. And that, This is a tough tournament, man. That game also went five sets. And France scored a total of 107 points to, to ROC's 102. Two hours and 15 minute game. That was tough. Really, really tough. I'm, I'm sorry I didn't see volleyball. There's so much on the Olympic program now that uh, we knew going in that we couldn't see everything, but I hoped to dip into everything. And I know some of our listeners have been able to cross. That was a goal to see every sport and they have crossed off that uh, bingo card, so to speak. But this is a tournament I kind of want. Well, the women still have to play, I believe. Yes. And you would see your beloved Karch Karai. <sighs> I would. Moving up to the top of my list. Water polo. The, women's ra- the women wrapped up their tournament. The classification mas- matches for fifth through eighth places. Canada defeated China 16-7 to for seventh and eighth. Australia defeated Netherlands 14-7 for fifth and sixth. And then in the bronze medal match, Hungary defeated ROC 11-9. So Hungary gets the bronze. And then U.S. beat Spain 15-4. Spain did not score at all in the third quarter of this match. And it was just pretty, pretty obvious that U.S. was going to walk away with this game. They've been just dominant this tournament. In wrestling, that tournament ended today with the men's freestyle 65 kilos. The gold went to Japan's Otoguru Takuto. Silver went to Azerbaijan's Haj Aliyev. Bronzes went to ROC's Gazimurad Rashidov and India's Bajrang Bajrang. Very excited that India got another medal. In the men's freestyle 97 kilos, Gold went to ROC's Abdul Rashid Sadulyev. Silver went to USA's Kyle Snyder. Bronzes went to Cuba's uh, Renair Salas Perez and Italy's Abraham de Jesus Conedo Ruano. I did see the gold medal bout. It was tough. It was really tough. Kyle Snyder was down and it just looked like he was not going to be able to score. Then he started to get there and he just ran out of time. But very strong very, very tough match. And it was funny because if you get to see the American commentary, the NBC provided commentary, the, uh, the, the color commentator is fantastic. He is really good at explaining stuff, but he's also coaching. He's like, come on, Kyle, turn him, take him down, roll him over, take him down, roll over. <laughs> he's a rowdy gains of wrestling, he obviously. Is, he is so much fun to watch. And so if you do go back and, and catch it, if you can get that coverage, it's, it's, I would think it's better than the feed. In the women's freestyle 50 kilos, Japan's Sasaki Yui won gold. Silver's, uh, silver went to Sun Yanan from China. And bronzes went to Maria Stadnik from Azerbaijan. And the USA's Sarah Ann Hildebrandt, who is from... Uh, where my mom, or from my, she's from Indiana, 
around, not my, not near us, but she's close enough that most of Northern Indiana is going to take credit for this. Um, I watched her, I watched all the, the metal bouts on this and uh, Sarah Hildebrandt had been doing really well and uh, just lost her opportunity to get into the, the gold medal bout, but she made a really nice comeback here and was pretty dominant against Stodnik. The gold medal bout. <sighs> Susaki was dominant. The match was over in about a minute and 36 seconds. Yeah, she won on points. She just had total control of this, won it so quickly. For the medal ceremony, at least for the women's event, four-time gold medalist Icho Kaori presented the the um, flowers, and so she's she's very well known in Japan, very well known in the sport, very well respected. She wore full kimono. Yeah, I know, right? Beautiful. It, we it, haven't it, seen enough of that sort of thing. I mean, that's one of the things that we've lost. Yes. So it was just beautiful to be able to see this kimono, to see the old champion crown, the new champion. But so we had gotten a text earlier in the games from one of our listeners who asked for medal ceremonies. What if there's a controversial decision regarding the winner? And when the medals come out, the loser of this decision takes the winner's medal and puts it on, and would that be a Rule 50 thing? I was like, wow, I don't know if that would ever happen. But what happened here was they got their medals, and then uh, Icho came out with the, the flowers and Miratawais, and China took this, the gold flower bunch. And Susaki take, had to take the silver because that's all that's left. And she's like, um, you can see it on her face. Um, This is not supposed to be mine. And this, I immediately thought of this text and went, oh, oh, this actually happened. They let this get away. And I'm not sure if Icho knew, knew what was going on and how this would get rectified, because then you have to go the anthem and the on the podium is so stretched out. So it's not like you can just elbow her and say, hey, give me mine. And but took me a while to figure this out. Volunteer was right there after the anthem, making sure Sasaki got the right flowers. Do you think it was done on purpose? Because I saw a, a flower ceremony back from uh, rowing where one of the people took the wrong flowers, but clearly did it by mistake because then she passed it to the proper person and they switched. Mm. So it was an innocent mistake. They couldn't tell the they took the bronze. They took the gold instead of the bronze flowers. Right, and that is an innocent mistake. I I'm going to assume that this was a mistake as well, even though it's kind of clear that silver and gold are quite different than gold and bronze. I just I don't know if soon. Well, a the bout was just dominant, so there was no question at who was winning this bout. And I think you just kind of take your flowers. You know, you're still. It's not too long after your match. You're still kind of disappointed. And you just take what's there in front of you. And maybe I think maybe the gold was on the the side that was closest to her. Maybe she thought that was just what and didn't look at it or anything, but they fixed it. But I did think about that, that text. Little <laughs> subtle dig stealing somebody else's Miratoa. Well, no, maybe it was an accidental take. Before we move on, we'd like to take a we'd 
We'd like to take a quick moment to thank our Patreon patrons. These are people who make ongoing donations that help finance this show and make our shoestring budget just a little bit longer to get into a bigger pair of shoes. We really appreciate those of you who have jumped on board during the Olympics. We so appreciate all of you. It means the world to us. If you would like to make an ongoing contribution to the show, you can check us out at patreon.com slash flamealivepod. What is our Shuklastan watch for tomorrow? It is our last competitor. Abdi Abderrahman will be running in the men's marathon. I'm looking forward to watching this and seeing what goes on. You know, I did see T-Bock and Sebko up at uh, the women's marathon. So I wonder if they will be staying there or if they have shuttled back and forth. Because I'm sure Sebko has to go back to the track to watch the rest of the competition. They had big, big events in the evening. Hmm. How's that on your budget? Hmm. I'm not saying, I'm just saying, if the marathons were in Tokyo, would not have been that expensive. I'm, I'm still angry about it. As you know, I love a good Mara novella, but this was not a great decision. No. We've got the closing chapter tomorrow, the Christmas special. Mm-hmm. And then maybe we can go focus on the hotel novella from France. I'm so excited to see how that one turns out, too. All right. As we say sayonara, as always, you can email us at flamealivepod at gmail.com or text or voicemail us at 208-352-6348. That is 208-FLAME-IT. Please don't forget our Kickstarter and help us reach our goal of bringing you on-the-ground coverage at Beijing. That is kickstarter.com slash profile slash flamealivepod. As we go out to music by Mercury Sunset, thank you so much for listening, and until tomorrow, keep the flame alive. <laughs>